as a church, we, we feel, we believe that God has called us to, to establish a house in the city of Bremerton that is a house of God's presence where we become family and we flow together as a spiritual family with a culture of honor. We, we learn, and that's a whole message in itself, what does it mean to, to honor one another? It's not just a one-way honor where, where the pastor, senior pastor, expects everyone to honor me, but you don't get any honor in return. No, honor in our, in our perspective, in our definition, would be when we, we learn to see you, see you the way God sees you as he shows us how he sees you, what he, the gold, excuse me, the treasure that he's placed inside of each person. And when we recognize the glory of God in individual believers and we learn how to call that out, that is how we honor one another. We honor each other when we see the treasure that God sees in you. We don't focus on the dirt. You know, everyone has, has dirt. Hey, Liberty, come on in, man. I, oh, I shouldn't have did that and embarrassed you, but your uh, sister slash uh, AKA mom is here. She got here ahead of you. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get back on track. I don't mean to embarrass you, but I'm glad you're here, man. So, so just this whole thing of honor. We want to be a family that that looks, that doesn't focus on what's wrong with you, but what does God say about you? What does God say about me? Because when we when we focus on and highlight the the things that God is saying, the things that God is speaking over individuals. You know, God is the one who calls the things that are not currently right now in this situation. He's the one that calls the things that are not as though they are. We call that prophesy or prophecy. God prophesies over you and me his destiny, his intent, the final product, the final outcome of what he designed us to become. So when, and that's how he honors us. Like he chose you. He, he sent Jesus to die for you, to take away your sins, to to make a way for you and me to be able to come into the presence of God, to be born again, to become the sons and daughters of God. And that is like a journey. When you become a child of God, it's, it's the beginning of a process, this process of becoming more and more like Jesus over time as we worship him, as we behold him, as we, as we look to him and we not just look to him with our eyes, but we listen to him for what he says about us what he speaks, the power of his word, his definition of you and me, changes us. When he says, no, you are a holy and dearly loved child of mine, then you've, you stop focusing on your faults, and you're like, if that's who you say I am, then that's what I want to walk in. That's what I want to become. I want to become a holy, obedient, dearly loved child of yours. So that's how God honored us. He, he saw the treasure in you. He was willing to send Jesus to die in your place and in my place to rescue us. He didn't die for garbage. He didn't die because he could barely stand you, but you know he thought it would be a good idea just to rescue this multitude of human beings on this planet from eternal, or eternity and hell and separation from him. No, he, he saw the value of his created work. You are his uniquely designed creation. And he valued you enough to send Jesus to wash away your sins by dying on the cross for you and me. So, as a church, got to get back to where I started here. As a church, 
we first and foremost value the presence of God. That's why we make plenty of room to worship and to invite the presence of God to come. And we want to establish that sense of family where we honor one another. In that culture of honor as a family where the presence of God is the overarching umbrella over us, there are unique kingdom culture DNA thing. I call it DNA, um, facets of the kingdom that we feel that God wants us to sow in. And so I have that prepared tonight as one of our, I think we have 12 or 13 cultural values, and I try to do one a month. We're already in July, so we, we, we're a week too late for the June culture value. But if we go into it tonight, it's going to be the, the subject of valuing the presence of God, like valuing the presence of God in your life, knowing what it means to host his presence, that you are a temple, a vessel of the Holy Spirit, that God is with you, and he's on you, and he actually dwells inside of you. So that is our potential direction we'll go in tonight. Knowing it was going to be a smaller gathering, I did have prepared and lined up as a, hmm, let's just see what God says. Um, not a backup, but an alternative. I have the uh, full message from John Bevere <laughs> from Sunday morning, at, or not Sunday morning, at the, at the Brave Co. Men's Conference. And yes, it's a conference that where he was preaching to men, but the message is for everybody. And it is, it is a message on restoring the holy, reverent awe of God, walking in the fear of the Lord. It's so powerful. I've listened to it twice, and I'm, I'm willing to do it a third time. In fact, I ordered the books, some books, and, and, the, man, and the training teaching book, which comes with some video um, things too. So I don't know what we'll do with that, but God is doing something. God is always doing something. The question is, are we doing something with him or are we doing our own thing? Like, are we going with him? Are we following the Holy Spirit? Are we being led by him? And we're like, you know, like little kids running after our parent or our, our parents, our, our father. Are we toddlers running behind him saying, you know, let me catch up to you. Pick me up. I want to be with you. Or are we going to be like, you know, go off in our own way? So God is doing something. He's drawing the church back into this place of seeing him rightly. The pendulum swings. It always swings. There's always a revelation and truth that comes to the body of Christ. People are touched by a new facet of his nature, and they're like, I get to call God my, my daddy, my Abba Father? Like the Holy Spirit in me enables me to call God Dad, Papa? And you can go into that so deep, which is good. I recommend it. But you could go so deep that you actually can forget. You can get so familiar with, I said this earlier, you can become so familiar with a God that you barely know that you just stay stuck on that one attribute, that one access to, to approach him as an intimate child-father relationship when Jesus taught us how to pray. Jesus taught us how to approach the Father. He said, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Like that is, that is the way to come into God's presence by recognizing him as our Father and he is holy. 
Like the Bible says, Paul wrote, our God is an all-consuming fire. We read example after example in the Bible of God's presence coming. The people of Israel feared. They trembled. They saw Moses, who had spent time with God up on the mountain, come down, and they, they shrieked. They're like, ah, cover your face. The glory was so bright on him. But God wanted to be close to his people. He wants to be close to us. You guys are here for worship, aren't you? Are you ready to worship this, this holy God, this God who is worthy of our, of our honor and respect and reverence, a God who is worthy of our <clears throat> coming before him with, with a heart that isn't willing to be distracted by anything because he is God and creator and he is our father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, why don't you guys stand? Why don't we pray? I know I've already preached now. I'm going to read a couple of verses of this as we go into worship, just to, just to wake up your hearts a little bit. It is so enjoyable to come before you, God, with uncontainable praises spilling from our hearts. How we love to sing our praises over and over to you, to the matchless God, high and exalted over all. At each and every sunrise, we will be thanking you for your kindness and love. As the sun sets and all through the night, we will keep proclaiming, you are so faithful. You are so faithful. Melodies of praise will fill the air as every musical instrument joined with every heart overflows with worship. No wonder I'm so glad. I can't keep it in. Lord, I am shouting with glee over all you've done for all you've done for me. What mighty miracles and your power at work, just to name a few, depths of purpose and layers of meaning saturate everything you do. Such amazing mysteries are found within every miracle that nearly everyone seems to miss. Those with no discernment can never really discover the deep and glorious secrets hidden in your ways. You, O Lord, are exalted forever in the highest place of endless glory, while your opponents, the workers of wickedness, will all perish forever separated from you. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. Let's just say that together. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. Yeah, Lord. You've empowered my life for triumph. Well, you better say that too. You've empowered my life for triumph by pouring fresh oil over me. Father, we just invite you now. Pour fresh oil over us. As your ministers, as your priests tonight, as we come into your presence by the blood of the Lamb, would you pour fresh oil over us? Would you anoint us anew, anoint us in a fresh way tonight as we come to minister at your altar? We worship you, Lord. We lift up our praise. Let's just begin to thank him now. We lift up our praise to you, God. We exalt you. We fix the eyes of our hearts on heaven where we are seated with Jesus. We are seated with you in the heavenly realm. God, we worship you in this place. 
we establish a throne of worship tonight, that you, King Jesus, would come and be glorified, that you would come and be magnified in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's worship. Thank you, Father. What a powerful name it is. Your name is powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your powerful work on the cross. Your even more powerful resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. You ascended to your throne. All glory to your name, Father. You are holy. Your name is holy. We come boldly. Fear and trembling and humility to be in your holy presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge your presence here tonight. Holy Spirit, we give you all praise and honor. We worship you. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son. We barely know you, Jesus. We want more of you. We want more of you. We're hungry and thirsty for you, for your righteousness. Holy Spirit, come again with your fire. Come again with your wind. Deafen our ears with the sound of your presence. We'll work in us that only you can do. servants. We submit ourselves wholly to you. We love not our lives unto death.
Kosia Matarima Kolima Sia Porima Kasia Kotarima Sia Kotarima Sia Jesus, tonight we just say, would you mark us? Would you mark us with your presence? Each one of us in this room, Lord. Just like a a cup or a bowl set before you, Lord, we just present ourselves before you and we say, would you come and fill us anew? Would you come and fill us afresh come baptize us Lord immerse us in your presence tonight we need you Lord we need you to equip us to do the work that you've called us to do we believe you have equipped us and you're continuing to equip and anoint us Lord So let the oil of your presence come and just wash over us now. Fill us anew. Fill us afresh. Lord, we just saturate ourselves in your presence tonight. God, we love the fact that your desire is to marinate us in your presence. I'm going to use that word. David's laughing already. The word baptizo for baptized, Lord, is the same word that they use to pickle a cucumber in the solution. So we're saying tonight, Lord, as funny as that is, would you pickle us? Would you marinate us? We need you. God, I need you. I need you, Lord. Just put your hands out. Just in your own way. God, I need you. We've tasted and we've seen you're good, but we we need more. I need more of you, God. I want to recalibrate myself in your presence tonight, Lord. I want to realign myself with your will, Lord God. Lord, we just receive the provision as anointed kings and priests. You have anointed our heads with oil. You have marked us, and we're saying, would you apply a fresh application of your presence on us? 
Smear us tonight in the oil of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. We need your power and authority, Lord. And we want to step into it tonight. On behalf of our families, on behalf of our friends, our relatives, on behalf of our church and our neighborhoods and our workplace, on behalf of the city of Bremerton, of Kitsap County, on behalf of this state and on behalf of the kingdom of God. We are here, Lord, we are here, positioned between heaven and earth, and we're saying, here we are. Here we are. Mark us and send us out. Anoint us and send us forth. Light a fresh flame and, and release us into the community, Lord. I know I can only ask for myself. I can ask for everybody here, but God, I know really I can only ask for me, for what I need. I pray you would create a hunger in every heart tonight that would want more of you, not settled for the past, not feasting on dove droppings, but going for the fresh bread of heaven, the fresh wine of the Spirit. We honor what you did before, Lord. We honor the great moves of your spirit in this nation and across the world. But we're saying, God, we don't want to be unprepared. We don't want to miss out on the next move, but we want to be already moving with you now, moving with you in your river, moving with you on the wave of your presence as we follow after you, as you lead us forward, and as the wave of your presence increases and mounts up and gets ready to be released over all the people, all the people. We want to be moving with you, Lord. We just shake off tonight. We shake off a laziness. We shake off complacency. We shake off discouragement. We shake off hopelessness. We break off every lie that the enemy is trying to speak into our identity, into our purpose, into what, what we know about you and what you're doing. God, we come into alignment with you tonight. Thank you, Lord. just really feeling tonight that if there's anyone here that maybe you just need to rededicate your life to him or give your life to him if you would just come forward so we can pray with you and if not that's okay too Yeah, this is, this is a safe place. If that's burning in your heart that you want to make a fresh commitment to the Lord, a renewed vow to Him that you want to live for Him, we're just inviting you just to, just to walk right up here, and we're just going to get around you and pray and bless and love on you.
And if, if not, that's, that's fine. We'll move forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, even now, we just say we, we surrender anew to you. We surrender ourselves freshly this evening. We may have done it this morning when we began the day. But once again, as an evening sacrifice, as we go about your altar, Lord, we just offer ourselves to you all over again. Because there's no other place we'd rather be, Lord. There's nowhere else we'd rather be right now, but in your presence, just laid out before you. Thank you, Lord, that you don't reject, but you always respond to our offering with fire, with your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I think we're going to go ahead and just move forward into a time of communion. And uh, you guys still want to lead us? Tammy and I will pass out the goodies, and uh, you guys can walk us. You know. Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us tonight. Thank you, Father, that I can walk in victory. a victim to any schemes of the enemy. I am covered by the resurrection power of Jesus. He sits enthroned at the right hand of the Father. I lift up the body and blood of Jesus in the face of every area of darkness that has tried to impact my life. Devil, you have lost. Let's say that together. Devil, you have lost. Yeah. You can call the devil a loser anytime. 
because he is. Thank you, Jesus. So I take the body of Christ, announcing the authority I now have through him to bring heaven to earth in every area of my life. I take your body, Jesus, claiming absolute protection and strength over my physical body. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that your body is true food and it heals our bodies. And now I take the blood of Christ, remembering his sacrifice through which I am saved, healed, and delivered. I take your blood declaring peace and wholeness over every area of my life. Let's say that together really quickly, declaring peace and wholeness. Declaring peace and, and wholeness over every area of my life. The devil has been defeated. Yes. Let's rejoice in that. All authority has been stripped away from him and returned to Jesus. And we live from a place of triumph with Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord's uh, giving you a anything to release? Okay. Uh, I don't know if any. I, I don't know how you experienced uh, the meeting tonight so far, but uh, the presence of God and the honey of heaven is so thick. It's interesting. There's a honey barrel right there. <laughs> anyway. Uh, just the present, and I've had tonight. I had, I, I had, and I'm still kind of having a very unusual encounter and experience. And this has happened to me once before, but I feel the physical hand of God on my head. I don't don't know what totally that means, but some things were coming to me and really in in like. For, for me, what I'm supposed to do in the future. But I don't know about, I, I just wanted to share that. I'm having an unusual, very, it's like an awesome, in fact, as I talk about it, the hand is on my head even stronger. And I don't know if it's an angel here or the hand of the Lord. I don't know what it is. But uh, there's something and it was almost like a, it was, it was just, I don't know how to describe this like a heaviness on my hands, but a lightness at the same time. And I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's 
both at the same time. A heaviness or a kabod, I guess, glory on my hands and lightness at the same time. I'm asking the Lord, what are you doing? What's happening? And uh, so I just, I just wanted to say that the presence of God in the house tonight is like thick honey. And he's, he's, I feel as though what he's doing for me right now, that he's actually going to be doing for others in this room. They're going to be receiving these thoughts and quick imaginations. And you're thinking, where the heck did that come from? Well, it didn't, it, where the heaven did it come from? The Lord would be speaking to you and showing you things. And like I have, I have some clear direction personally out of this, uh, out of this encounter tonight, but I just believe there's so much more. So anyway, the hand of God or the hand of, there's just the, the sense of the hand on my head. That's what's going on. I'm having an unusual encounter. <laughs> yeah, it is awesome. It's all on my face. So, oh, that sounds a little loud. Um, so, Wednesday night when we were here praying, worshiping, let me just tap that right there. Does that sound a little better? Okay. Wednesday night when we were here worshiping and praying, we started out the meeting, Tammy and I were talking about um, just the course that we're doing through uh, Bethel Leaders Network uh, by Joaquin. I can't think of his last name. Joaquin, well, yeah, Joaquin Evans. And uh, we had some fun and played a little bit of it, but <clears throat> he's just talking about the 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 glory of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, and the anointing, and talking about what each one of those descriptions really means. And when he was, he was sharing about when the Lord touches somebody in a meeting, one person might be getting just like electrocuted by the power of God in one side of the room. Another person might be shaking under the power of God. And another person might be feeling the hand of God on their head and the heaviness. And he said, what, what we can do with that is that's, that's an invitation from the Lord to, to have more, to go for more. When he's touching you, it's not just, and I know Mike already knows this, but I'm just saying this for the sake of all of us. When the Lord touches you, manifests his presence, even if it's just a deep sense of peace, that's him. His presence is in the room. And, and the best response would be to say, yes, please. Yes, and please. So Lord, what you're doing for Michael tonight, we just say yes, and please, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God, for your presence. Holy Spirit. Whew. Yeah, just breathe him in. He is here. He's with you. He's most likely, I mean, if you're a Christian, he's in you. Not most likely. If you're a Christian, he is in you. If, he, if you're not a Christian, you don't have Jesus living in you by the Holy Spirit. But if you're a Christian and you've said, Jesus, come into my life and fill me up on the inside, he's in you already. But he's, he, he loves to come upon us even more in a greater way. So Lord, we just say yes. 
Release your glory in this place. Release that kabod, that Hebrew word for glory, the kabod, the weightiness of your nature, of your character. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I'm just going to um, invite Michael at any point tonight if you feel like God's giving you some clarity. Yeah, yeah, do it. Let's, let's do that. I was going to say do that, but as the night goes on, if you feel you're getting some more clarity, Michael's just going to, he just wants to lay hands on each one of us if, if you're comfortable with that. And uh, he's just releasing what God's giving to him. So that's, that's what we do as sons and daughters of God. We, we are positioned between heaven and earth. Our citizenship is in heaven. The Bible says we are seated with Christ right now in the heavenly places, in the heavenly realm. Ephesians 1.3 says, Praise be to God who has given us access to every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. So we are, we are positioned seated with Christ now, positioned in the heavenly realm to access the things of heaven, to bring it here into earth. In fact, as we worship, we get to pull down the treasure of heaven and release it. That's why when we worship God in a place like this, together corporately, or when you're by yourself with the Lord, when you worship him, you're pulling down heaven. You're pulling the presence of God into your physical address where you sit here. I like to say you are bilocational, a citizen of heaven and a citizen of earth. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said to pray on earth as it is in heaven. Father in heaven, holy, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on this earth just as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread, please, Lord. Thank you and please, we receive our daily bread and we ask for it. And we say, forgive us our sins, our trespasses, as we forgive those who sin or trespass against us. And God, tonight we say, lead us far away from temptation because yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and yours is the glory forever and ever. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We just receive what you're doing tonight, Lord. Yeah, just as we wait and if if Michael's already laid hands on you, just pray in the Spirit. Just, just worship the Lord. Holy, holy, holy Lord. Mm. It is good to wait upon the Lord. Sometimes we just have to wait on the Lord to, to be still before Him. Sometimes we have to just wait long enough for the, the noise in our heads to, just to quiet down. We're busy people, busy bodies oftentimes. 
we just lay all of our schedule, all of our plans down. Jesus, it's you. It's you, Lord. You're the one we want. You're the one we hunger for. So this is an invitation to have a merry moment. And I think the Lord is calling us to be a merry house where we sit at Jesus' feet. We're not going to go into Martha mode. This isn't a house of programs. It is a house of equipping. But we have permission, and it's a holy calling to sit at his feet to pursue him, to not get caught up in the striving in what we think we should do. Lord, I just thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, that it is good to wait on the Lord. Wow, 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 wow. Penny, feel free. <clears throat> Birds of a feather flock together, so. with him. Mm. That's what he said. So, wow. 
His presence is so important. I'm so grateful for what the room that you've made for His presence. It's just, um, I keep going back to the Acts in the Bible, the second chapter. And when that, once upon a time, when the day of what they call Pentecost was fully come, there were all these people and they were in this room and I don't care how many there were, it could be just as few as us or it could be 50 or whatever it was, but they were all in one purpose and accord. And that's the part that stands out to me is that when everybody was in this room, they met on this certain day, they'd been in this room and they met with this one purpose and they, they got it. When, when they met with one purpose in their spirit, like kind of like we are tonight, and suddenly, and then it says, and suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. <laughs> so Jesus, we hunger for that. <laughs> we just delight in your presence, and we know we won't be disappointed. We're partnering with you. And, and it's here, and we're here, and you've come, and so you're here with a purpose, and I thank you that we've had the hands laid on us, and there's angels here on assignment to give us assignment and partner with our assignment, and I thank you for this, this time. Just give you a little, <clears throat> a little clues to the scripture that yeah. came personally to me, and it, it's it's I, it's for me personally, but it's for all of us, and it's very simple. Habakkuk three two, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your mighty deeds. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. Make them known. Yes. Wow. If you know that song, Michael, and have your guitar out there, go. <laughs> I know that song, that old vineyard in our day and in our time. Make them known. Renew them. Renew them. Welcome to church. Uh, welcome to a building where the church gathers. I have to remind myself that, and I'll remind all of us, we don't go to church. We are the church. We go to a building where the, where the church, the living stones get assembled together. Living stones put together and built up into this holy temple that gets filled with praise, offering sacrifice of worship to the Lord. And it pleases him. It pleases the Lord. Well, we already know what we're going to do tonight because that, that preach is an hour and 20 minutes and that ain't going to happen. 
but not, that's not, not my preach. This was the, the, the alternative the, al- the alternative video teaching that we, we save those kind of nights just in case it's just like five of us here and we're all like, we'll save the, save the preach for, you know, when we've got most of the folks here. Not always. I mean, if the Lord says just to go with it, then I mean, I could easily have gone with the video, but it's a little bit later. But since we're in his presence, experiencing his presence, why don't we just talk about valuing his presence? I think that would be good. This is going to be so easy, you guys, depending on how much I interject. I'm going to, just take, I'm going to give you a testimony. I am a man of God's presence. Now, I'm not saying that I am perfect at hosting his presence. There's work to be done there. But I am a man who, as, as I surrendered my life to Jesus in December of 1989, I can't remember if it's 88 or 89, it was right in there, right before the, the, the wild 90s, the roaring 90s. <laughs> and I surrendered my life to Jesus because I knew that he cornered my life, he cornered me, into a place where I knew he was real and I knew I needed to make a choice. See, I had run, I had ran from the Lord. I went to the darkest place I could find. I clothed myself in dark music and dark um, musical bands that were inspired by by the dark side. I liked to wear the shirts, the jacket, the, I didn't have the spikes, but you know, I could have. Could have went there. But even more so, that music was just part of my clothing. I also set myself on going after an encounter with the power from that dark side. And I just got to say thanks be to God who protected me from getting what I was going after. Because as much as I sought after an encounter with a demonic presence, it never happened. In fact, after my 21st birthday, I got so blitzed by my friend taking me to different bars, get two of the strongest drinks here, two of the strongest drinks here, two of the strongest drinks there, you know, like those electric iced teas that have six shots of booze in them. I don't even remember how I got home, but God had his hand on me. I think the angels took the steering wheel and got me safely to the house because it was in the middle of the day during traffic time shipyard traffic going across the bridge in the heat of early summer, late spring. And I was able to park the car straight, got in the house. When, when those people came to my door and gave me that little booklet about how to get saved, I broke. When I read that by myself in my living room, I, my heart broke, I wept. I, I got to the prayer in the back about how to ask Jesus into your life, and I was just like, ah, I know I need you, Lord, but I just put it aside. I fought against that, that wooing of the Lord, that pull from heaven to come and surrender. To Scotty, come, surrender your life to me. And then... He said, okay, if, if the 
lady and the little boy who are going to give you a little booklet, a little tract booklet doesn't work. If it almost gets you there, well, then I'm going to go another route. So he brought a roommate in who had just recommitted to the Lord. And I thought it was going to be a come to Jesus meeting. Like, you're going to have to move out because I'm a Christian now and you're not. You're a devil worshiper, druggie. You're going to have to go. But no, he opened up the Bible. He opened up this, this powerful book that contains the words of life. And he opened it up to where Jesus said there was a man who came across a field and he found a treasure in the field. And he, he went and he sold everything he had to buy that field so he'd have that treasure. I don't know what it was about that particular parable Jesus was talking about, but I broke. The word of God came like a hammer. Boom. Splat. Tears. Snot. I know I need you, Jesus. I don't know how I'll ever change my life, but I ask you to come into my life. <sighs> Something happened. Something happened. I went from darkness to light, from death to life, to, from emptiness to being fully satisfied. It's like I had new glasses on. Yes, I wear glasses, contact lenses. It was, so I'm a four eyes, like some of you in the room. I had new, it was like I had new glasses on. I could actually see different. Everything seemed more colorful, more alive. And I was still, there were still the clouds around me. Like I was still coming out of the cloud. But in that journey with giving my life to Jesus, I learned from other believers that you can press in and have time with him. You can get alone with him with this book and with worship. And you can have quiet time. That's what we call it, quiet time. Doesn't sound very exciting. But in my quiet time, I chose to use worship music. And that was a tough one to get used to because I was used to really good heavy metal, like thrash metal, speed metal music, you know, growling, snarling vocals, all that stuff. And then I went from that to like, Disneyland, we're worshiping on a big bubble of color. And, you know. but, there was, but there was this song by Petra, Petra Praise album. Take me in to the Holy of Holies. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. Take the coal, cleanse my lips. Here I am. Take me past the outer courts into your holy place. Past the brazen altar. Lord, I want to see your face. Take me past the crowds of people and the priests who sing your praise. I hunger and thirst for your righteousness, and it's only found in one place. Take me in to the Holy of Holies. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. Take me in to the Holy of Holies. Take the coal and cleanse my lips. Here I am. And when I worshiped the Lord for the first time, I felt wind coming down from a fanless ceiling in my living room, 1943 Virginia Street, just up on the hill over here. I encountered the presence of the Lord and I received what I believe was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was just one more measure of his presence breaking in on my life. 
to just be led from that moment into other encounters with the Lord in the secret place, in the quiet place. And if you've never cultivated a secret place with the Lord, I would encourage you to do it. You don't know what he's going to do. You don't know how he will show up. He might manifest his presence before you to where you can actually see him. Or he may just show you something in your spirit of what he's doing in front of you. You might feel him come upon you in a way that you've never felt before. All I can say is his presence is real, and everyone in this room knows his presence is real. I believe everyone in here has experienced in some measure the tangible presence of the Lord. So John 14, 17, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, but you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. See, that's the greatest part of that truth. Like, not only does he show up and touch you, maybe it's the angels, maybe it's the Holy Spirit himself, but the the thing that you can always fall back on is, he will never leave me or forsake me. I might not be feeling him in the moment, but he's in me. He's actually living inside of me. The, The living Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, Jesus, God himself, is inside of you and me. And he is not just sitting there twiddling his thumbs. He is not just contained to a little miniature throne on your heart where he's trapped. No. Jesus said, when the Spirit of God is inside of you and me, out of your innermost being, out of your belly, rivers of living water will flow. He is flowing out of you and me. When you don't realize it, he is flowing out of you. When you realize it, that's even better. I was speaking with a stage four cancer customer on my postal route just up the hill here. And I I felt so stuck to stand there with him as he had tears coming down his eyes and just his body was leaking like fluid, like clear out of his nose, out of his eyes. I don't think he was crying, he just had that, and he just looked like he was hanging on a thread of life. But I felt the presence of God. I felt the Spirit of God moving over me, and I knew that he wasn't doing that just for me. He was doing that for him. So the goal of this topic, of this kingdom value, kingdom culture, whatever you want to call it, for Legacy City Church. The, the, the heart of this is that you and I would be awakened to a place of recognizing and pursuing his presence in deeper measures in our life. So this is going to be fun. This is going to be a lot of Bill Johnson quotes. I know there's some, some Bill Johnson fans in the room. No, we don't replace Bill Johnson's quotes for scripture, okay? So, but this is good stuff. This is worth reading. So this is what Bill said in his book, Hosting the Presence. We actually have copies of the book over there. Um, we, we, we do, a, a, like, once every year and a half, two years maybe, uh, we will walk a Wednesday night through the course. It's an eight-week course called Hosting the Presence. And Bill goes really deep into this. But this is what he said from that book. There is no greater, no greater privilege than being a host to God himself. Neither is there a greater responsibility. 
highlight that word, responsibility. Everything about him is extreme. He is overwhelmingly good, awe-inspiring to the max, and frighteningly wonderful in every possible way. He is powerful, yet gentle, both aggressive and subtle, and perfect while embracing us in the midst of our imperfections. Yet few are aware of the assignment to host him. Fewer yet have said yes. I don't know about you guys, but my, my word to him right now is yes. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, I'm. Yes, Yes, Father, yes, Jesus, yes, Holy Spirit. Valuing his presence goes beyond. So this is, this is important. It goes beyond spending an hour in prayer each morning, attending church on Sunday, or even reading your Bible. Valuing the presence of God is akin to recognizing and responding to your spouse, your kids, your parents, or anyone else you encounter on a daily basis. God is within you always. His presence is not limited to your times of worship and soaking and fellowship. We'll talk about soaking for a second. He's not just listening to your heart in your times of prayer. And his response to you goes beyond those moments when you feel his nearness. All of those things are good. Reading your Bible, cultivating a secret place with the Lord, a place where you can just go steal away with him, just to meet with the Lord. There's something about that. I love just to, I love to get here in the morning and just like, I can't wait just to sit still and know that God is here to meet with me. Now, again, I have to remind myself, he came into the room with me because he's already in me. He's already in you. But there's something more. There's more that God wants to unfold. There's more that he wants to release and break in. in I, I believe it's mostly between our, our ears, in our minds. It has to do with the renewal of the way we think. Paul said this. He said, fix your minds, set your minds on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your heart on things above. There's something about becoming more heavenly-minded. The more we become heavenly-minded, renewed in, our, in the spirit of our mind with the things of God, the reality of God, the more we're going to sense and hear and, and know his leading and prompting throughout the day. But like I was talking with, with David earlier, I was like, you know, I can put politics on in my earbuds and I can deliver mail. And what I've discovered is that my heart is not quite ready to interact with people when I'm focused on politics. In fact, I get impatient. I'm like, here's your mail. Do you really want to talk to me right now? Okay, you're kind of an annoying postal customer, but you know, I don't say that. But, it, but, but in my heart, my heart condition in the moment is impatient, and I just want to get done. I want to get it over with. But like the other day with, with this customer up here who has cancer, that's the first time I felt God moving my heart to stand still there and just stand with him, find out what's happening. And I felt the presence of God moving, and I knew 
God wanted to touch him. God loves him. So he's always with me inside of my spirit, joined with me. I'm born again. I carry him everywhere. But I don't always recognize his presence being on me, anointing me to release his goodness to people around me. Our relationship with him isn't static. It must grow and change like our relationships with any person or any other person. Much like thinking of a loved one throughout the day, we have an opportunity to recognize his presence in each and every moment of life. Consider the following excerpt from Bill Johnson's article, Beholding the Presence. The ongoing realization of the presence of the Lord, the awareness of God being in us, upon us, and with us, is one of the most vital elements to the Christian life. Vital. This is a vital element to the Christian life. Our confidence levels skyrocket when the presence of the Lord becomes manifested to us. The clearer the manifestation of his presence, the greater the dimension of faith. To live by the theory of his presence is wrong. To say, well, I know he's always with me, is not good enough. That truth must launch us into an experience or we're violating the truth. Truth is given as an invitation for divine encounter so that we would know by experience that God is upon us, and God is with us. God doesn't want his relationship with you and me to be just a a knowledge-based, intellectual-based relationship on the manual, on the Bible, okay? The manual, this book, the the Bible instructions, Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth, is that what they say? Okay, so that's true. And we need to know this book. We need to get in it. We need to, if if you don't know the word of God, you're not going to really know and understand who God is, the God that you worship. So it's important, but it doesn't stop there. That book, this book, the scriptures that we sing, that we declare, that we read out loud, that that we meditate upon, those words of life are an invitation for you and me to encounter the author of the book, the one who wrote these words. Not Paul, but you know, not Isaiah, but the Spirit of God. He wants to encounter you. He wants to breathe life into that relationship that you and I have with him between what his words are written down saying and what his words want to jump off the page into your spirit and say. You guys okay? It's going to go by fast, I promise. Time feels like it slows down sometimes, especially when the kabod of God is (laughs) plopping down on top of your head. Okay. I feel that David has word. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I feel that David's experience, King David, I know you're a king too. How do I get around this? The, the David, King David of the Bible, I feel that David's experience is a summons to the same privilege and responsibility to turn our awareness towards his presence. And in doing so, we invite the increase of that manifestation. As a result, when we behold the Lord, we have far greater success and far greater joy by ministering, 
not out of principles, but out of his presence. And that's from beholding the presence. I don't want to minister to people out of principles. Sometimes if you don't feel the presence, then you just, you got to do it by faith. And you, you, you know the principles, you know the truth, so you speak it. But we don't want it to be just, I memorized the book, so I'm just going to tell you, you know, what to do. The book says this, you know, fast and pray, and then the demons will leave. No, I, I want the manifest presence to come upon me and to minister to someone. And as I say, you know, sometimes we need to fast and pray and the demonic spirit will break. Whatever that oppression is will be severed. There's just something about the tangible weightiness of God's presence on your words, on my words, when we speak the words of the book, the principles of the Bible. Other people will say, oh, that preacher was really anointed. He's got some anointing on his words. Well, that's, that's the presence of God. That's what we're talking about. So we're going to be, no, we're not done yet. Everything in our lives, this is Paul Manwaring, our favorite Brit, from his book, What on Earth is Glory? That does not sound like him. That was not his accent. <laughs> He's taking on a gospel preacher. What on earth is glory? That's a little closer. Everything in our lives was made to flow out of the center of intimacy with God. Everything was made to flow out of intimacy with God. Drawing near to him in prayer and worship, hearing his voice, and communicating with him in his presence is our first responsibility and our greatest joy as carriers of his glory. So here's some questions. We're not going to do question and answer. Just here's some questions that we can think about. This is for you to just to, if you jot it down or you just want to ponder it. What does valuing God's presence look like for you? Think about it. In what ways does his manifest presence <laughs> Did I mess that up? In what ways does he manifest his presence? There we go. I was reading too fast or something. In what ways does, his, does he manifest his presence in your daily life? There's something to think about. And if you, I'm, I'm going to say this as an encouragement. If you don't know, if, like, if you're like, I don't know if he even does manifest his presence in my daily life, then take that as something to, to ask him about, to pray into. Let that be part of that that draw into his presence to steal away with the Lord, to, to sneak away, slip away with him into a secret place and commune with him and talk with him about this. Lord, how do you manifest your presence in my daily life? So let's take a moment. Let's do this now. Take a moment and allow him to show you how he is manifesting himself in your life when you least expect it. Why don't you guys just close your eyes for a minute. Let's just ask him, Father God, will you show me, show me how you manifest your presence in my life on a daily basis? leave that just between you and him or we'll be here for another half hour just on that if we sh if we begin to share what he showed you 
if he showed you something. Again, if you didn't hear or sense anything, just let that be something to press in. Okay, I was waiting for Mike to, to, to come back out of the glory cloud there. He's, <laughs> I didn't want to like, like ruin a perfect encounter. So. <laughs> so the Bible says, when, when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. So this is from Bill John, that was from the Bible, but the rest of it, Exodus 33, verse 9. But the rest of this is from Bill's book, Intimacy, Dwelling in God's Glory. It's not enough to have the theory that God is with us. We have to truly know and experience his manifest presence. In Exodus 33, 9, we see that Moses encountered the glory of God in a way that no man before him had. Moses came into the actual presence of God. But it's important to remember, he wasn't even born again. If dwelling in the glory of God was available to him, how much more has the blood of Jesus made this available for us? You and I have access. We have been given access we have, I'm going to use one of my favorite names in this room. We have been given liberty. We have been given freedom through the blood of Jesus to come into the very presence of God, knowing that our faults, our sins, our transgressions, all of the stuff that we have in our lives or had in our past, present, whatever, all of it is covered, and we are declared holy through the blood of Jesus. And we can come into the very throne room of God to encounter God through the blood of Jesus. The book of Hebrews says, Jesus, his broken body, is the new and living way opened for us through the veil, through the curtain. Just like the curtain in the temple was, well, was torn in two from top to bottom. In the same way, Jesus' body was broken open. And you and I can have free and fresh, living, fiery access into the presence of God. The only thing that'll keep you away is, is fear and doubt and shame. Just like Adam in the garden. Go hide behind a bush, try to cover your nakedness, cover your mistake, and then you hear the voice of God, and you're like, oh, where do I go hide? And God's like, where are you? Who told you you were naked? I read that one day in the presence of God was like on that time with him. I was reading it out loud. And I don't know, I felt like I was transported into the garden and I could hear God's voice and I broke. Uh, my heart broke in that moment. Like I could feel the heart of God. What have you done? That's what, that's what it was. It was that part. He's like, what have you done? Okay, did we read all that? Yes. So here's some more questions to ponder, and we're getting right to the end of it here. What has been your greatest experience of God's presence in your personal life? I think it's good to remember, to go back in your, your memory bank, open up the drawers 
in the safety room, safety box room. Go back to the very beginning, ah, my first encounter. Singing Petra praise, take me into the Holy of Holies. It's good to, to remember, to recall the, the hand of God in your life and to share that with people because when we share the testimony of God, it prophesies, it speaks to, to the listening ear that God wants to do that again. I would love to have these guys sometimes share their encounter with God. I don't know if you went to Toronto or if it was just Bethel where you got your first whacking, but wherever that was, whenever that was, when you, when people like you guys share and, and speak of that encounter, it begins to happen. I felt it in a room when one of our friends, Galen, was sharing what happened to him in Toronto when he came back to his church. When he would share that in our living room, I would begin to feel the presence of God getting really strong and I would begin to weep. Like my chest would start to heave and I'd have to hold it back because I'm just like, oh, I want it. I want you, God. So think about it. Think about it. In what areas of your life would you like to have an even greater experience of his presence? Ponder that. All I can say is there is more. There is more. I've heard. I want it. What in your life hinders you from engaging in a greater level of intimacy with God? That's a great opportunity for you to spend some time with God and say, God, are there any blockages? Are there any mindsets? Are there any lies that I'm believing? Do I have open doors? What, what, God, what, is there anything? And then be still and wait and listen. He's a good father and he will, he will help set you free to know him more. It's, it's who he is. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, you guys. He doesn't say, well, you know, you really blew it yesterday, so I'm just going to put you in the penalty box over here until you feel so bad about what you've done that you crawl back to me with sackcloth and ashes, weeping and throwing the dirt over yourself. God, I'm such a worm. I'm not worthy to be alive. No. Uh, okay, I've done it. I know Judy, she's back there. I've done it. <laughs> if you ever struggle with going into the presence of God after you've made a mistake, let's say you gave the finger to this Sweet old lady. You didn't know she was an old lady, but she was, she was driving really slow, and you were tailgating her, and you're like, finally, I can get around this car. And then you're like, beep, and you're, she's like, 90-year-old lady, sweet. And you're like, oh, God, I'm such a, I'm such a dirt bag. <laughs> Maybe you've done something that has caused you to feel like, God, I, I'm not worthy. I'm such a, a crumb. Glad no one's last name is Crum in this room. I have a coworker with that last name. No, my, that, uh, my old math teacher, uh, his last name was Crum. Oh boy. <laughs> well, I've, <laughs> I've got a coworker. His last anyway. Anyway, I shouldn't say that. My coworker might listen to this message, so I might have to go back and edit that. 
if you, if you have anything that's ever caused you to feel like, how do I come into your presence, God? You know, King David in, in Psalm 51, there's, I, I think I probably wore that chapter out, especially in my early days with the Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. You know, yeah, anyway, I should be able to quote it because I've probably read it so many times, but get into the Word of God. The Word of God will tell you. The Word of God is, is, is perfect. It's flawless. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, talking about accessing the throne of God, coming into His presence to receive mercy and grace in your time of need. He welcomes you to come. He doesn't want anyone who's fallen down and gotten dirty, skinned up their knees. He doesn't want any of his kids to stay broken and trapped in a big thorn bush, bleeding out, afraid to come back to him because why did you end up in that thorn bush? Dummy. <laughs> you big dummy. That's not how he is. He's kind. What action, here's our last question, <clears throat> what action will you take to overcome these hindrances? Sometimes he's just waiting on you, on me. He's like, what are you going to do? When are you going to run at that Goliath? When are you going to run through it? When are you going to take the sword of the word of God and plow right through that giant? <sighs> Guts flying and everything. Sometimes you need a visual. Okay, so here's what we call a cultural reinforcement. <laughs> Since this is a cultural value of Legacy City Church, here's a way to reinforce this value in your own life. You can take a screenshot if you want, or if you think you can remember it, or if you're not interested, or you're already doing it. It's all up to you. It's a free world. But this is some good advice. Develop a plan to implement at least 30 minutes a week of personal soaking time. I said I was gonna get back to that in that one quote about reading the Bible, soaking. What is soaking? Soaking is basically this kind of music or no music at all, or music with words, just something quiet enough to where you're not so distracted by it that you gotta start singing the, the lyrics. You guys know what I'm talking about? You try to put some good worship music on just as a background, an ambient background, and then you find yourself singing it. And like, I was supposed to be listening to you, Lord, and here I am singing. So soaking, soaking in the presence of God is being still before the Lord and zipping the lips, not talking until the point where even your brain stops talking because you can stop talking and telling God stuff but your brain still keeps going. It's handy to even have a notepad so that as things start flashing your mind of your to-do list, jot it down and then get back to him. God's okay. He's, he's got time for you. If you need to work through your distractions, writing down, okay, I'm going to play the download that computer game, I'm gonna get online, get that license going, get my permit, all the things that flash your, through your mind. Oh, I'm going to get this, that. Write it down and then get back to him. Soaking is just taking time listening, just being still in his presence. 
one of my favorite things to do in this place, but I always I watch the clock and I'm like, oh, I really want to worship. But I want to be still and just sense his presence in the, in the stillness and the quiet of the room. Okay, so that's soaking. Try to spend at least 30 minutes a week, five minutes a day, or 30 minutes all in one day. Try soaking in the Lord's presence. If you need some good soaking music, we can give you some advice. Go to YouTube, go to the channel called Soaking in His Presence. That's where all of this stuff comes from. He's a Bethel student. Um, hours and hours and volumes of soaking music. It's good stuff. I don't know if you guys know William Augusto. Whew. Okay, so think outside the box. This can look however you want it to look. How do you personally encounter his presence? Allow time each week to experience him in this way. Pretty simple. Just make some space, make some time for him. Okay, why don't we stand up? We're going to make some declarations, and then we're done. And then you can eat snacks, because there's a big basket full of sugary goodness over there. Okay, guys, you got to warm up your vocal cords. <clears throat> Something important about the, the power of your words. You may not feel in your body, feel in your mind that this is you, but I want us to declare this. Because when you declare truth, when you declare something that you're not currently walking in, but your heart, your spirit is saying, that's what I want, then you are prophesying that. So let's take these words, let's declare them, and let's prophesy these one-liner statements over our lives. You ready? I am often overwhelmed and transformed by God's presence. I love to soak in God's presence. Lovers make better workers. I am first a lover and worshiper of God. I am going to new levels in my intimacy with God. The ministry I lead is known for the manifest presence of the Lord. God's presence is released in everything I do. I will not go anywhere without God's presence. Like David, I am a man after God's own heart. Or woman. Hope the women didn't say man. Not <laughs> hope the men didn't say woman. <laughs> All right, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we know that it doesn't end when we say amen and walk out the doors. We know that you go before us, behind us, all around us. Your presence wraps around us. You are a shield. You are a protector. You are our strong tower. You are our refuge. You are our strength. You are our joy. You are life itself, and we just fall into you. We lean into you. We, we want to just be consumed in who you are and your goodness for our lives, for our steps, for our, fr our future. Yeah. I almost said future. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that we can laugh in your presence, that we don't have to be perfect, that you laugh at us probably. Jesus' name, amen. That's a good one to say amen on. Yeah, you laugh at us. You laugh at us.